welcome to 1001 Books, the podcast where we usually read the 1001 books the experts say you're supposed to read before you die and decide if they're really worth your time. I'm Nicole, a lover of Harry Potter and historical fiction. And I'm Chelsea, a lover of any book that's going to make me cry. And of course, Harry Potter as well. Um, You know, I think I need to change my call sign because I feel like I've always talk way more about fantasy books that I read on here than historical fiction. Might have to mix it up next week. I know. Maybe we should start saying different things. So hard. So complicated. Um, so as we said, we usually read the 1001 books you're supposed to read before you die. But this week, we're taking a break from that for a mini-sode. You want to tell them about it, Chelsea? Well, today's mini-sode is partially brought to you by the 500-page clunker we're currently reading. Woo! It is a clunker. But also brought to you by the fact that we realize we have a lot of reading taste in common and a lot of overlap, but we also read different things a lot. And so we were trying to think of a way that we could recommend books to each other that maybe the other person wouldn't normally pick up, especially because we know each other's reading taste so well. So on this episode, we're going to recommend books that we've read and we think the other person would like, but that we don't think they would pick up on their own. Yes. So not a book that we're punishing the other person with, yeah. that they'll hate, but something that they will like that they just is not in their normal section of the bookstore or whatever. Yeah. Um, I have to say, I found it pretty hard. So I picked up my notebook where I have written on all the books I've written for the last 11 years. And it was tough because the ones that I marked as really good are definitely ones that you have read yeah. or you're the one who recommend them to me or they're where our reading tastes overlap. And it was hard to pick out something that wasn't because then sometimes like a book is just oh this book is just good she would I know that she would like it anyone would like it yeah you know and I was trying to pick something that was more specific than that but it was pretty tricky it was pretty tricky I think I definitely have one in my recommendations that might be a little bit in your wheelhouse but I don't think you would ever find all right that's so I kind of like cheated a little bit <laughs> but that's okay um well yeah so we both picked out a couple and then we thought we could narrow it down how should we do that, Chelsea? I think maybe we should say, like, the genre okay. of the book and then, like, the title or something and mm-hmm. say, so I have three and maybe you can narrow it down to two. Okay. All right. And then I can narrow it down yeah, as well. let's do it. So my three titles are a lot. Long- so you should start with the genre. Like, I mean, oh, more, yeah. Less specific to more specific. Okay. So we are going to start by saying the genres of these books and then... I'm going to say my three in the genre, and Nicole is going to cut one from the list. I'm not even going to say the title. I'm just going to say the three genres. So my three genres are there is a high fantasy novel on the list. There Mm. is a YA historical fiction fantasy on the list. Um, And there is also a literary fiction semi-contemporary on the list. That's, oh man, this is hard. Also, wouldn't it be funny if we did this whole process and then it's a book that I have read? That would be really funny. <laughs> um, I'm, okay, high fantasy, young adult, young adult what? Historical, Historical fantasy-ish. Yeah, fantasy. It's like fantasy light. Okay, I'm gonna, hmm. I'm afraid that the literary fiction one is about cancer because you really like those kind of books and I don't, but you think that I'll like it. So I'm gonna cut the young adult one. Okay. So can I tell you which one you cut? Yes. Tell so me you that. cut Grave Mercy. Um, I haven't heard of it. It is a. This is the one that was kind of maybe in your wheelhouse, but it doesn't. Of course, <laughs> that's the one I it cut. It doesn't have a lot of. Um, 
it doesn't have a lot of reads on Goodreads. It's not super popular. So I don't think you ever would have found mm-hmm. it. Um, and it is a book about a girl who escapes from a violent past and ends up at this convent. And this convent um, serves death. And so it's all like <gasps> assassins of death. Um, and they go out on these jobs as assassins, but it's set in medieval Europe. And so it's, it, but it, it's really not super popular on Goodreads. Like it has 81,000 ratings, but when I first read them, it had like 15,000 and there's three novels in the series. And so it never like picked up a lot of steam. So I don't think a lot of people find it and read it. So it was like my cheap one. So it's probably good. I mean, that, that does el- sound good. I probably would like. Yeah, it's probably like good it. that you eliminated that one. Okay. So we should now should I go and say give yeah. your genre? So I have four books. So should I eliminate two on this level or two on the next round? Let's eliminate two on the next round. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay so we've got a um, non-fiction thriller. Okay. That's one. Two, um, horror thriller. Okay. Three, um, a non-fiction. I'm just going to leave it. That's the whole thing. Okay. Uh, or four, uh, non-fiction, like, war Ooh. Okay, I'm going to eliminate the nonfiction war because that sounds most like something I would read. Okay. That, oh, that's good. So what you eliminated was a book called that I read in college called King Leopold's Ghost Ooh. by Adam Hothschild. And this is a book, a nonfiction book. King Leopold was the king of Belgium mm-hmm. when they took over the Congo in Africa. And it's about the horrible exploitations of the Congolese by the Belgians. Oh, interesting. And, um, and the way that it was happening right at the time when they discovered how to make rubber tires. And so rubber is like this blooming industry. But when you plant a rubber tree for commercial use, it takes 20 years for it to ripen enough to harvest rubber from it. So they were, so they had to harvest wild rubber to make tires back then and so there's lots and lots of that in the congo and then the they would like force congolese people to to like get a quota of like a certain amount of rubber every Mm -hmm. day or they'd like cut off their hands it's like really brutal it was like total genocide and you don't think of the belgians you think of them as like being the world like the united nations and Uh the eu and stuff but they did really terrible things um and it's really good and it reads like like a novel, I guess. Interesting. Really, I definitely recommend it. That does it. sound yeah. really cool. Yeah. Well, I, I I would have wanted to read that. So we're on a good <laughs> on a good tick so far. So I only had three. So, so what? So what should we do? Is the next thing you reveal? Uh, maybe. Like, it could be, like, I feel like giving the title should be the last thing. So, like, maybe, like, one fun fact about the book or, like, one fact about the protagonist in the book or something. Yeah, but so I, you won't eliminate anything this round then so that you still have two in the final round. Okay. So I'll just give you one fact. Okay. So let me (laughs) think about how to do this. Yeah, Yeah. book one is the high fantasy novel, and it has a royalty in it is my little fact about it. Okay. And then book two is the um, literary fiction novel. And when I was reading this novel, I couldn't pinpoint why I liked it. It just felt like comfort food Hmm. is the little tiny fact about this. And Nicole is not going to eliminate a book this round because I only had three books for her. Okay. So she's just going to. Hold those in her head for the final okay. round. Okay. So, all right. So, book one for me, these are your facts. Book one um, has 
affair in it. Okay. Um, book two is is a strange meeting of science and mysticism. Okay. And book three is uh, part of the title is colon an American story. Which one do you want to eliminate, Chelsea? I want to eliminate. I want to eliminate book book one because I can't let go of book three because that sounds like the one I'm going to (laughs) want. And because book two still sounds like it's the furthest out of my comfort zone. Okay, so book one was The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. Oh, I've heard of that one. Uh, so this is a nonfiction book, and it's about um, the World's Fair in Chicago, I think, in like 1890-something. And um, so it's like some of it is about the fair and how it brought all the technology that came out of it that people were seeing for the first time, and that part's really interesting. And then some of it is about that there was this guy who during that fair he opened a hotel that had like and that he murdered people in and it had like secret trap doors and stuff mm-hmm. and he murdered a bunch of people and then snuck their bodies out that he plucked that were there for the fair interesting it, yeah was book two was it fiction book two is fiction yeah i might know what book two is <laughs> we'll see we'll okay. see if i'm right all right so you're down to two books okay so round number three maybe we should read the I don't want to give away as much as the information about it. Yeah. Why don't you, I mean, you could tell me what you loved about it. Yeah. And maybe the title. Yeah. The title. Okay. So the title of book one is Elantris and it is, it is by Brandon Sanderson, who I obviously always am fangirling over. Um, (laughs) But I really like this novel because it was... High fantasy, but it felt really, like, accessible and cool, and it had hmm. a nice love story to it, and it was a standalone fantasy, which oh, you don't nice, yeah. see very often. So that that's was nice. what I loved about book one. Book two is called Plain Song, and it's by Kent Heruff. Okay. Um, and it is... I just like stumbled into this book. I don't even know how I found it. It's basically a story of like four different intersecting um, groups of people. So again, it's a multi-perspective book. Um, I do love that. I know you love that. <laughs> Told, but it's in like Colorado and it says it's it's present day, but I, I felt like when I was reading it, it felt like it could be present day or it could have been a hundred years ago uh-huh. and it just, nothing really happened. But it just felt like, I don't know, I loved reading it. It felt like comfort food reading it. Like, mm-hmm. And I feel like I might have even talked about it in one of the first episodes of the podcast because that's back when I read it about a year ago. And so I don't remember anything about reading it except it just was like kind of comforting to read. <laughs> like it's just like easy uh, and yummy and not yeah. hard. So. Okay, so I, get, so I get to pick? Yeah, okay. and then I can read you the full description of okay. the book. Okay, I'm going to pick – I feel – like when you said nothing really happens, that's a turn off. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Elantris, the okay. high fantasy one. So I'm going to read you the description of Elantris, and then I'm going to tell you the easy version of what it's about because it's high fantasy, so it sounds a lot more complicated than it is. Okay. So it says, 
Elantris was the capital of Arlon, gigantic, beautiful, literally radiant, filled with benevolent beings who used their powerful magic abilities for the benefit of all. Yet each of these demigods was once an ordinary person until touched by the mysterious transforming power of the Shoad. Ten years ago, without warning, the magic failed. Elantrians became wizened, leper-like, powerless creatures, and Elantris itself, a dark, filthy, and crumbling city. What is it about so many fantasy books, magic disappears? Yeah, I'm reading I know. one like that right now. That's such a common plot. Arlon's <laughs> new capital, Kai, touches crouches in the shadow of Elantris. Princess Serene of Teod arrives for a marriage of state with Crown Prince Ryodin, hoping, based on their correspondence, to also find love. She finds instead that Ryodin has died. She is considered his widow. Both Teod and Arlon are under threat as the last remaining holdouts against the imperial ambitions of a ruthless religious fanatics of I don't know how to say that word. <laughs> so Serene decides to use her new status to counter the machinations of Hrathen, a Fajord high priest who has come to K to convert Arlon. And then, turns out, Wait, I'm going to stop. It's so long. I was like, you're not going to give away the whole plot, right? No, no, no. <laughs> okay. But neither Serene nor Hathron suspect the truth. Prince Ryoden, he's stricken by the same curse that ruined Elantris and is secretly exiled by his father into the Dark City. So it's told, this is why the story is cool, it's told like he doesn't know his princess has arrived and he thinks he's just like doomed to die and he's like within the city walls and he's trapped at this crumbling city. And she is outside and she thinks um, the guy she was destined to marry, this prince, is dead. But she decides, well, I can't let everything fall apart. I'm going to try and solve the hmm. problem. So like she is a strong female lead outside trying to solve things and he's on the inside trying to yeah. figure out a way to save himself and get out to save his people. So oh. it's so cool. And it's like in a high fantasy book, but it's totally like, the kind of storyline that you would like. Yeah. What, I mean, yeah. What made you pick this one? Is it something you thought I wouldn't pick out, but would like? Um, Because I don't think, I think you read a lot of fantasy, but I don't think you read a lot of things that are classified as high fantasy. No. <laughs> because I think a lot of times that feels really heavy. Like it's going to be super complicated and complex, but I like this author's worlds because they're super complex, but you also fall right into them. Yeah. So they don't feel that complex and weird. Yeah. Um, and I like this one. It was his very first novel. So it's slightly less complex than his other novels because he's just getting started. And so it's like a good jumping in point. And I think that you would like his writing style. Yeah. I mean, I think I like those kind of books. It's just I don't know how, how to pick them out because so, so many of those are so bad yeah and they're so like there's no women in them or like you know like there's like so such turnoffs and so then I, so then I just don't pick out any yeah and so I think he yeah. would like it because he does write women well too yeah. and this book has a woman who's written well um and has a male character who's written like he just writes characters well yeah and so that is why I chose that okay. as an option all right so now you get to pick your book oh stressful okay so um, this is book two, okay. original book, originally book two. Um, and it is, um, it is The Stand by Stephen King, um, which I've only read two Stephen King books in my life, and this is one of them. And what I liked about it was that it was, uh, it was, it was like, it's not, I mean, it's like a horror book, but it's not like about monsters, right? Uh -huh. It's about the flu. Ooh. And so it's like creepy on a, like a more realistic level, but then it, it, like the second half of it also gets like very mystical and stuff. Um, and like the it has it's like multiple perspectives 
all across the country people how they're experiencing this like epidemic and it's really good and book three um is polio an american story by david muschinski and this this is a book about a nonfiction book about how the polio vaccine was discovered in america and like how america like the march of dimes and how america funded that and and what what it was like to live in the world when there wasn't a polio vaccine and how many people got it and got sick and you know and, and iron stuff. lungs and iron lungs yeah and so it's in it but it's like it's a really well-written nonfiction book that it's like very accessible and easy to read i want to read the polio one <laughs> <laughs> i knew that you would pick that one and i knew that the, the stand like that's why i was like i think you would like it if you read it but i know you would doubt you would really not pick it out <laughs> i mean i might have picked it out if it had been against something else but like polio is gonna win <laughs> okay Okay, so on Goodreads, it says, Here, David Oshinsky tells the gripping story of the polio terror and of the intense efforts to find a cure from the March of Dimes to the, to the discovery of Salk and Sabin vaccines and beyond. Blah, blah, da, da, da. Offers an insightful look at the National Inf- in Foundation for Infantile Paralysis, which was founded in the 1930s by FDR and Basil O'Connor. It revolutionized fundraising and the perception of disease in America. It also He also shows how the polio experience revolutionized the way in which the government licensed and tested new drugs before allowing them on the market, and it, and the way in which the legal system dealt with manufacturers' liability for unsafe products. Interesting. Probably, finally, and probably the most tellingly, Oshinsky reveals that polio is never the raging epidemic portrayed by the media, but truly a relatively uncommon disease. But in baby-moving America, increasingly suburban, family-oriented, and hygiene-obsessed, the specter of polio, like the cloud of the atomic bomb soon became the cloud of terror over daily life. That's something I did, forgot that was really interesting is that this book, March of Dimes, and they raise money, like all mm-hmm. the major disease fund, like organizations, the American Heart Association, the American Lung Association, the American Cancer Society, all have their roots in the, how they raise money for polio. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I bet you'll find it really interesting. Oh, I'm excited. So we're thinking we should read these books. Maybe not right away. It might be a minisode a little bit down the line because – we got other stuff to read. <laughs> and mine is 600 pages long. I'm sorry. Great. Well, if you had picked the stand, that's like a thousand. So I wasn't going to tell you that. Okay. Well, uh, the unabridged. I mean, there's, there's like, it's literally, it's a modern book, but there's an abridged and an unabridged version. That's so that's long. Um, okay. 600 pages of high fantasy. It's good though. It doesn't feel mm. like high fantasy. <laughs> All right. I'm curious. Very curious. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I will like it. I think you'll like it. I think you'll like it. And I, I think I'll like the polio. Oh, yeah. One. I put this one on a list because I feel like usually most often when you read nonfiction, you read like stuff about teaching, you mm-hmm. know, that's like relevant I do. To, I don't really to read. your job, you know. And I feel like sometimes you're like squirmy about disease. <laughs> so what she's alluding to, listener, is that I'm a major hypochondriac. <laughs> Well, I am too. So <laughs> we're we're equal in that. Two way. of a pod. Yeah, we're two. Yeah, two of a kind in that. So, um, so I just yeah, I didn't. This is a book that when I uh, lived abroad, all the expats I know were passing this book book around. Oh, so interesting. Good, yeah. yeah, I'm super excited, and I also think that we might repeat this minisode in some different variation because this is just such a cool idea to think about books that we would recommend to each other that we would read that might be outside of the other person's comfort zone yes yeah thank you friend of the podcast amanda for yeah, this idea <laughs> that was totally her idea um so this is a rather short mini-sode but we promise we will be back with you next week reading the homeward angel we are both more than halfway done yes we so are. <laughs> it is coming it is. yes i 
I'm feeling the length in the same way I felt the length in um, For Whom the Bell Tolls. They're about the same length, except For Whom the Bell Tolls had more plot than this book. I'm feeling the length in a similar way I felt the length in A World of Julius. Oh, I wasn't even thinking about that one. Those They have a lot in common, actually. I would say those two yeah. books. We'll and, I mean, we will have a decent amount to talk about, I think. It is just a long one. So, thank you for bearing with us. I hope you like our fourth now. I don't know. <laughs> Fourth-ish mini-sode. Um, and until you hear from us next week, you can spend your time following us on... Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 1001BooksPod or at 1001BooksPodcast at gmail.com or at 1001BooksPodcast on Litzy. And also, until next time, happy happy reading. reading!